You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 84 of Line of Sight. My name is Jaden. I'm back, sort of, uh, and I'm here with Brett. Hey man. <laughs> Two out of the three of us can make it at any time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, let's just be real. You're not going to hear Chandler talk on this podcast for about four weeks because the dude is traveling something like 5,000 miles in the next not very long. So, <laughs> yeah. Just for War Machine, right? No, he's he's going to like... Some family stuff in the Midwest, and okay, but most of it's War Machine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't feel bad for him anymore. <laughs> About half of it's War Machine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just gonna be me and Brett, or me, Brett, and somebody else for a while. Um, but that ladder requires us to plan ahead more than thirty seconds. Yes, that might not ever happen. So you know, <laughs> hold on, everybody. This is gonna be a wild month. <laughs> Um, news, we've got the Oblivion uh, campaign and fluff book coming out at the beginning of August at Gen Con, which is literally August 1st. So I ex- expect that we'll see updates on that pretty quickly in that like time frame. Like it'll be August 1st or July 31st, I expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have an updated rules book, which will have some, quote, core rules changes, unquote. Um we don't know what that means. They were not in CID. We have no clue. Yeah, so it's at least the infernal changes. Yeah, at least that. Um, I have heard rumors of sweeping theme force changes. I've heard rumors oh. of massive changes to the way that we think about like basic mechanics, like tough. I don't know what's legit and what's not, but it's fun to speculate. Mm-hmm. And it's also after I. <laughs> And and hopefully they'll have a, a nerfed Iona before lock and load, so that'll that'll be fresh and new. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not play, planning on taking Iona to lock and load unless you talk me into it. So, <laughs> well, that means this this that means that this episode will have failed badly. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, speaking of Oblivion, the Archons start releasing in September. Uh, we get the Morrowind. Um, Minoth and Primal Archons. We got something really cool on the Menite one that we did that was not part of CID. It apparently has fuel for the flames now, which is That's the uh, yeah, it's the plus two damage to fire damage rolls within five inches of it. Yeah, which is at the moment only on Fiora's Warjack. But if every single Menoth list gets access to this, all of a sudden, like Cinerators are pow fourteen, or not Cinerators, oh, um, no. um, Cleansers are pow fourteens. Oh. Um, <laughs> Repenter. The the repenters are pow sixteens with battle, right? <laughs> um, those are like uh, actual real numbers, and Malakis well, gets real dumb. It should be an odd number, right? Because they have seventy one or seventy zero. Oh sure, whatever. Seventeen. <laughs> there you go. That eight point jack is shooting a pow seventeen rat six spray. Um, I think they're five. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot battle. Oh man, uh, that'll that'll hurt some Menoth players. I forgot battle doesn't affect uh, to hit anymore. Oh, <laughs> please send all of your angry messages to at chokeobsessed underscore ll. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, the the other thing that was interesting is that 
at the end of CID, um, the Moro Archon had awe, and now it's got something called Blinding Radiance instead. And I don't know that, what that means. That could just be retailer speak for awe. Yeah, it could just be retailer speak for awe. Um, and we know that they were changing awe to only... No, no, awe, it wasn't awe, it was Martyr that was changing. Um, but who knows? Maybe they're like going to rework awe to only affect warrior models? That would be really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I'd be down for that. Um but yeah, and then we have no idea what's going on with the Primal Archon, but I really hope it's changed because its last week of CID was not a compelling model at all. Well, it did have the benefit of that it could exist in a rule system. Sure, unlike previous <laughs> week's versions of it. But, you know, maybe the core rule changes in Oblivion include redefining place, which was the main problem. Oh, yeah, place on the so, table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, all they need to do is, is change place as input on the table as to, like, deploy or something, mm-hmm. and and we're good to go. So that's that's the Oblivion. And that, it's, like a, it's a box kit that comes with the Hermit, which, again, might also be an auto-include that everybody needs. Man, uh, for 60 bucks, I hope not. Well, I mean, I'm getting it just for the campaign book, because it looks really cool. Yeah. So, meh. The Hermit's a, a Gandalf-like looking model that's getting tacked on. So... Who knows? Speaking of other big things that are coming up, lock and loads in two weeks, right? Is it two or three? Uh, It's the 15th. It's not, it better not be the 15th. That's next weekend. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's the 21st, 22nd and 23rd. Okay. But it could be the 28th, 29th and 30th. I need to check my itinerary. (laughs) Um, Do to do to do. Hold on. Lock and load is coming, we're sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, June 21st to 23rd. Okay, so I was right. It's two weeks. Yep. Oh, man. I wish it was three. I might actually have a hope of finishing up this Immortals list in three weeks. Not two, but... You're not, you're not going to finish in the century. Ow. <laughs> you're doing... You're doing full artwork on every flat surface. Well, yes, but... <laughs> so... <laughs> I've already done one of two of the hardest things to do that on. Okay. So, I mean, it only takes like an extra 25 minutes per immortal to do the freehanding on them. Oh, there's only 30 of them. I only need 20, dang it. I only need 14 <laughs> more, actually, because I've done six of them already. All right. So, yeah, that's in two weeks. Uh, I'm really excited. Chandler's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Brett's not going to be there because reasons. That so I actually have a wedding that weekend. I didn't. Oh. I didn't plan that, but I was well, planning on taking off the But anyways, there you go. Yeah, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Iron Gotland looks like this year because. Can we, wait, wait. If the finals are Iona versus Iona, can we rename it the Iona Gauntlet? I'm the the initials don't change, so sure. <laughs> I'm down with this. Irona, I'll, I'll Ir- work on it. Okay. Um, I mean, Iron is how it's supposed to be spelled. Never mind. I'm not getting into syntax. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I actually don't think the circle is going to win it, to be honest. Um, that's a bold claim. Yeah, I know. But I think that there's enough anti-circle tech in champions now to change the math a little bit. Could be wrong. Probably wrong, but I think you should listen to some some really smart podcasters who went through this entire uh, champions roster and talked about how each faction didn't have an answer for Iona. Yeah, but that was before Clockatrice is released. 
<laughs> it's true. And that changes the math a lot, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute. Anyway, um, speaking of locking load, there's going to be a Who's the Boss event there run by Tyson. It's at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. You can sign up in the Iron Arena on Friday. And then also from Tyson, he's got a couple more things that he'd like us to talk about. There's the NorCal Classic, August 9th through 11th. It has a five-man WTC-style team event, which I'm 100% certain that um, US WCT team West Coast will be at. And then there's a Warfare Weekend qualifier after that. So that should be a really, really good event. And he's also releasing Inky Smoky Flight stand things for the griever swarms and infernal theme bases for release shortly after lock and load and he's making a clear resin portal to put between the oblivion gates so basically if you want your infernal arm to look incredible you're going to want to like pay attention to his website which is figurepainters.com because they will be coming through that yeah judging by the popularity of the uh Rocket Man's uh, smoke bases. You and- you mean the mandatory fifteen dollar add on to your <laughs> Rocket Man purchase, yeah. and the Grimkin uh, <laughs> bases that apparently come with every army. Yeah, I mean, pff, can confirm. I had the first assembled Grimkin <laughs> army outside of Private Press, and mine had them too. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Oh yeah, but- we're also we're also seeing. Uh, speaking of that, we're seeing assembled Infernals stuff. Yep. Uh, Omadamos is freaking huge. Really? He's as tall as a Blightbringer. <laughs> what? what? Blightbringers aren't small. No. Actually, the picture that I saw of Jay playing with him, it looked like Omadamos was staring down at the Blightbringer a little bit. <laughs> These are like production molds. These aren't like... No, that, yeah, it's, it's the real thing. Like, so, I, And specifically, like... Private Press thought about it and was like, nah, we're just going to release the really, really big version of this model. <laughs> this is like the Wold Guardian all over again. Right. Suddenly, Omadamos is a really small, huge base model. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really cool. Um, I will probably pick up Omadamos just to paint because, yeah. Because he's a judgment model? Uh, yes, actually, I, I was thinking about <laughs> using him as a shrine. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the other thing is that all those archons are, I don't care which faction they work for, I'll get them and I'll use them in judgment at the very least. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Well, all right. And you're making a diorama, right? Uh, yeah, I am going to one of each and I'm making a diorama of them fighting infernal things. So, so just make sure they're magnetic to so take them off and play them. Yeah, or pinned, one of the two. Yeah. But that'll that'll be my. You've heard heard, heard it here for, first, folks. I'll be using that as my lock and load entry for 2020. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, Brad. What are we talking about today? We are talking about Grumblykin. Grumblykin. Right? Yes. <laughs> or Grumble Bumbles. Uh, Grumble Bumbles. Bumblykin. Just any anywhere that starts with G and ends with Kim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, I. As recently as the beginning of this year, I was like, why would you even play Grimkin? Yes, actually, this is true. We had this conversation. (laughs) Things have changed since then. Uh Uh-huh. So, during CAD, Clocktrices were dumb. Yep. They got more dumb during CID, and then they got two more buffs after CID stopped. Uh, their animus got farther range and they gained a point of armor, was it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Didn't, didn't go up any points. Uh, no, they stayed at 13 the whole time, I thought. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So like Continuing the theme of incredibly cheap Grimkin heavies. Right. Well, and of course, now you've got a 13, 14, 15 heavy, right? Yes. Now they just need a 12-point heavy and an 11-point light, and then they can go all the way from... Six? No, because they don't have a seven. Just make well, a regular seven. Oh, right, Crabbits. Okay, so they can go six Gorehound, yeah. seven Crabbits, eight Rattler, nine Frightmare, ten the new thing, eleven the new thing, twelve the new thing, thirteen, forty, fifteen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't seem likely. Don't crush my dreams, man. Too late. Okay, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's changed since the beginning of the year when Brett and I were both super down on the faction. And um, that's going to start with just talking real quick about what's well, actually been released. Yeah, so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Bump of the Night. But I think the biggest alteration is the is just how dramatically different Dark Menagerie is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it used to be like three Skidamones or three Carriagers and then two of the other thing. And then you had like three or four lights and that was then like your death knell. And that was basically it. Yeah, and it was never the child. And it was never the child. That's correct. Because the Dreamer just did everything he wanted to do, but did it better. Right. Um, But it... It was a it was a really strong list. Um, it was really reliant on uh, abusing sacrifice, and it was a really slow, bricky list that wanted to take a hit and punch back. Right, and that that's all completely different. But we'll yep. get the clock trees last because that thing's insane. Yeah, and we'll talk about why that like why that change is huge. Because man, if the clock trees had been around two years ago, I don't think I would have lost round one at War Machine weekend. But we'll get to that. Wow, that's, that's some bitterness. Woof. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. When you spend like six months going, I can't beat this one list, and then drop into it on Spread the Net round one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, um, so things that have come out since then, uh, since last time we had a Grimkin podcast, because it's been since release, um, the Nay Slayers and the Piggybacks both got a command attachment. Um, the Nay Slayers is really, really impactful and is going to get played. The Piggybacks brings that unit to accept. I, I think the buffs were also important. Um, That's they true. Gained they... A point of, they gained a point of armor. Mm-hmm. I think they went down points. I don't remember. I, I, I can't recall. But yeah, I mean, nobody played them. They might see some play now. I don't think they'll see very much play because in a medium-based meta that has Tharn, Man of War, and also um, the Legion stuff, like they're just not as good. But yeah. <laughs> so my favorite thing about Grimkin is arguing about what's good and what's bad, um, because like there's only like 20 models, but I can argue every single one of them. Like, like I think um, I think uh, what's his face, the uh, Bar- uh, Baron Longtongue, no Long Lord Longfellow, L- Lord Longfellow, um, oh, is absolutely terrible, and everyone tells me that he's an auto include in every bump list. <laughs> Uh-huh. And there's there's just that level of disparity. Like Jaden and I <laughs> like Jaden was a fan of Bump even back before all oh, the yeah. releases came out. I loved Bump. And, and we were big fans of Nayslayers and Hollow Men. Yep. And everyone tells me how terrible Hollow Men are. <laughs> and I'm like, I think they're really good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I've been I've been getting that a lot. So, um, Nayslayers oh, and Piggy came, came out. I'm just going to go through all this, and then we can blab about things. Um, the Malady Man and Monkey came out, which is a new unit that you can take for free and bump and gives desperate pace, which is ridiculous and awesome. Hollow Holding came out, and giving a unit Pathfinder is exactly what Grimkin needed, and so his other stuff is gravy. Baron Tunglick is a caster yep. attachment 
who's got um, the free upkeep. Also, he has harmonious, right? I'm like ninety nine percent certain. He has spell slave. Spell slave. That's what it is. And then he's and parlay. And parlay is a big one. And then yeah. and he also has jump and straight up consume on a three inch melee tongue. And he's a medium I, base. I totally consumed a night exemplar seneschal. It was yes. amazing. <laughs> yes. Yep. That is, um, that is fantastic. Um, also, the Grave Ghoul came out, which is a solo that collects corpses and forces rerolls and digs in things. We'll talk a lot about him because yeah, he's insane. It's a, it's a warcaster. Yes. <laughs> on a medium base. Not wrong. There are less impactful warcasters than that model. Um, and then there is the Clockatrice, which is a heavy war beast with a salt, a paralysis spray, auto repair D3. It's a construct. It's Fury 3. It's got three somewhat mediocre melee attacks, which whatever Grimkin buffs armor to, or buffs damage to Nutsoid numbers yeah. anyway. And then it has a thing where if you cripple a system on it, it just jumps three inches. <laughs> no biggie. Every every opponent says, "Oh, but you can only do that once per turn, right?" And I'm like, "No, no. <laughs> I, I've done it four times in a turn once with the same model." Yeah, because so you triggered sacrifice. Of, <laughs> sacrifice that happened twice before. You're awful. <laughs> okay. So, do we want to talk about specific releases first, or do we want to talk about Bump of the Night first? Um, let's talk about specific releases first. Okay. Just because I think the the Nace Layer command attachment is such a big deal. Yeah. All right. So, I'm not going to go through the entire card because. I don't feel like doing that, but basically the Nace Slayer Command Attachment is a large base model that's got better armor and eight boxes than a regular Nace Slayer. It's also like two pow higher on its lance and still armor piercing. Yeah, which uh, it's also three three pow higher on its on its mount attack. Yep. Yeah. So it's got like a real impact attack. Yeah. Um, and then it does three things for the unit. Every turn it can do one of these three things. It can either give them all parry and annoyance, which is really good. Um, it's actually surprisingly good. I thought it was going to be stupid. No, it's it's really really good. Like being able to charge past things is yeah. really strong. Well, so a lot of times, especially with how many ambushers are being played now, people will run up and engage your naysayers. Right now, it's just I'll, I annoyance and parry and charge anyways, and it's really frustrating. Yep. Uh, the other thing that he can do for them, and this is a humongous deal for Grimkin, is he can give every weapon in that unit grievous wounds. Fun fact: the uh, mounts get grievous wounds. Yep. Mount weapons are weapons. So I was playing against pirates, and so my slayers would impact, kill two pirates with grievous wounds, and then charge and kill another. It was insane. Yep, because with like the heretic, for example, they become POW 12 impact attack, or no, POW 13 impact yeah. attacks, because Fury just adds to melee damage rolls, right? Uh, I think it adds to strength. Does it add to strength? I, I recall it not adding. I mean, if it adds to melee damage, I'm going to be really happy. Uh, one, keep talking. One of those. Uh, three, yeah, plus three to melee damage rolls. Um, oh my god, if that works, I have fury on the wall all the time. I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, well, I just learned something. There you go. And and then uh, the third thing that they can do is they can all immediately get knocked down and they gain feign death, which is they can't be targeted by ranged or magic attacks. Period. Um, which is. Awesome because the bump in the night theme force benefit that nobody ever used was all your models get rise. So all your warrior models, all your warrior models get rise. So basically, what happens is they all get knocked down now. Then at the beginning of the next turn, they all stand up, and you get to do all the normal things you do anyway. And it, mm -hmm. it gives them a way to like get up the table without getting blown apart because thirteen fourteen is not a good defensive stat line. Yeah, and 
Yeah, it's built into the unit. Doesn't require a caster. Doesn't need any help. It's awesome. Nope. And um, Brett discovered that if you park uh, the command well, attachment next to, wait, wait, wait. so let, let me explain. What okay. So first off, it was stolen from a table at Welsh Masters and then transferred to me. I didn't come up with. All right, it. All right. Credit where credit <laughs> is due. Well, so what you do is, um, if the caster, if the UA is immune to knockdown, which you can get from stumbling drunk from the madcaps, which yep. you should play. Madcaps are awesome. Um, you you can have the unit run um, and leave the leader behind or the UA behind, and then the UA can say feign death and knockdown. All the grunts get knocked down because it doesn't require them to be in formation. Then he can run to grab them into formation, and then you can dig them in with a grave ghoul or just keep them eight inches back like Thorn Raptor Chieftain. Yep. So now you you get to run your full fourteen with desperate pace, keep them all in command, and all the grunts get um, feign death. Yep. Which is really, really, really strong. Um, um, speaking of desperate pace, I'll oh, go ahead. Sorry, turn one. it's most relevant on turn one. Yes. Um, so, and desperate pace is also super relevant if you don't want to do that trick and you just want to advance them eight inches and fall down. Mm-hmm. Um, and also having a thirteen-inch threat range is a big deal. Like everything about them, everything that was wrong with the knife slayers, they had only an average threat range. They had no um, defense against guns whatsoever. Um, all of that is fixed by the Malady Man in the UA. It's, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah, so they used to be like the hardest hitting unit in the game. Um, and that didn't matter because they also like died instantly because there's only five of them. And yeah. now they're the hardest hitting melee unit in the game and they'll get there like every single game. Uh, yeah, I find that the UA doesn't ever get there <laughs> just because he's, he's too busy trying to be safe. Right, because he's so important. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's that guy. Uh, the Malady Man in the Monkey are... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, this is a two-man... I, you know what I love, what I love more? Replacing one of the A's with an apostrophe. It's the Malady Man. The Malady Man? Sure. <laughs> give, him a, give him a fedora. Sure. Or or a bowler hat. I'll, t- I'll do it. Um, <laughs> so, it's a two-man unit. There's He's a medium base and a small base. No, he's a large. He's a large base and a small base, but he always has cover, yeah. which is nice. Um, and... He's got three things that he can do that are magic abilities, and he's got the thing that the uh, sorcerer, the trollbud sorcerer, has, where he can cast a spell and then do a press forward order. Um, the first thing he can do is he can desperate pace a unit, which I don't think there's a way to quantify how important that was to Grimkin. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not going into uh, dark menagerie, but no. Uh, important note about Desperate Pace, it's range command, and his command's eight. Yeah. <laughs> so so I very often will be like, oh shit, I got Desperate Pace two units on that side. Oh well, walk six inches, <laughs> Desperate Pace. Mm-hmm. Figured it out. Yeah. Uh, then he also has a thing where he gets to make his monkey get an additional dice on attack and damage rolls if the, if the monkey's against targets in his command range. Um yeah, so the thing about the monkey is it has acrobatics and monkey bite and killing spree. Well, it only has killing spree with something wicked. Oh, yeah, which is the other part of that ability. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I've put Fury on that unit more times than I've put it on basically anything else. And the monkey just kind of goes zoop, 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 and kills, like, an entire unit. It's like, okay, cool. Well, surely they can just shoot down the monkey, right? Well, they could, and then it would just come back and in maintenance phase and still be allowed to activate that turn. 
All right. So, and one one trick I also like is uh, to protect the monkey from RFP, kill it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can totally <laughs> do that. That is a thing you are allowed to do. Um, the monkey also has Pathfinder, which is super relevant. And then, um, by the way, the something wicked only the monkey has to be in command range. The targets don't. Oh, but he has to be in command range to make attacks anyway. No, no, I, yeah, I know, but uh, the way you said it, I thought that I would, I'd been cheating, and like the targets all had to be in command of the uh, oh, map. That's even dumber than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then the final thing no, that he does... Also, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, the monkey's like speed seven, <laughs> so it's like he pops out three inches, then charges ten more. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny. Yeah, and and like I said, he's got acrobatics, so he can charge three your models, which is fantastic. The final which, thing that he does is um, Cradle Song, which is just when an enemy model that's a living model ends within five inches of the the, the Malady Man, it becomes stationary. This might be the way that piggy black piggybacks get to be playable: is you just park the Malady Man behind them every turn. And be like, all right, come get me. Yeah, well, and this is another great one. So I love parking him an inch away from a flag. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, do you want to contest it? Yep. And then the final thing, I mean, it's not the final thing, but the monkey also has counter charge. Yes. Which is counter charge monkey bite. Yep. <laughs> um, God, what did I, there was a game where I counter charged out of, or yeah, I counter charged out of command. So I wasn't allowed to make the attack <laughs> so, uh, just so that I could apply Monkey Bite. I mean, Monkey Bite's really good, especially if you do it with Ill Omens, and all of a sudden they have minus three to hit. God help you if you're playing Wanderer. Right, and then it's like minus three to hit under Starcross with the Grave Ghoul kicking around. So yeah. you're like Matt three or two or four, and you get to re-roll every time you hit. Have fun. Yep. Um, I I do wish that acrobatics included the, the line from flight that allows you to see through models when declaring a charge target. That would be abominably good. Yeah, it would be pretty. I, I don't know if there's any other acrobatic counter chargers. I don't think so. Wait, it does totally do that, Brett. I was oh. like, what are you talking about? I thought it did that. But it totally does counter, that. But counter charge isn't declaring it a, a target. It's declaring a charge target, sorry. Um, so, the, the, when an enemy model advances and ends its movement within six inches of this model and in its line of sight, okay, you're okay, not okay, in its okay, line okay. of sight yeah, yeah. because you're not actually charging yet. Right. Okay, so it's for counter charge, it doesn't work. Weird. But for everything yeah. else, like it totally ignores stuff. Yeah, your, your models, their models. Yeah, everything. everything. And, I mean, sure, you can take a free strike because it doesn't have parry, but it's always def 16 <laughs> against melee attacks. <laughs> No, no. You're taking a you're taking a free strike against Grimkin. What, right. what what are you hoping to get out of this to trigger reckoning? I mean, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I'll counter. I'll charge through your heavy. Do you want to trigger reckoning on that? No. Please. Okay. <laughs> bye, bye, unit. <laughs> yeah. so, it's so funny. Grimkin models almost have parry baked in. Yeah, unless you've already popped your Arcana for the turn, but for your own turn. <laughs> I've had it happen. <laughs> um, like, oh, shoot, I forgot that free strike. Trigger sacrifice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Disrepace is a huge deal. Uh, the monkey itself is fine. Um, I don't find him doing a ton just because I... I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess my, my meta is too traumatized by Night Witches to fall for a Mat 5, Pow 8. Um, but he's boosted to hit and damage. Well, additional license damage. Also, he's power 11. Come on, you're putting Fury on him. <laughs> I guess that's been my mistake. 
Um, I, but I find him to be a very useful, just like annoying tool. He's a really great contester. Um, I love parking the Maldi Man behind like a building near a zone. And then just every turn, the monkey pops up and runs into the zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having a sentry zone. The other thing yeah, that I think better. is really interesting, a, a cute little synergy. And one of the reasons I've, I've done so many monkeys going nuts things is because um, you run the grave ghoul up next to the things you're going to kill. And then as the monkey kills things, the grave ghoul gets corpses. And then you can spend those corpses to reroll the monkey's attacks. And you get, you get to reroll all the dice. All the dice. The more dice you roll. Yep. The more dice you roll, the better it is to reroll. Yep. So, like, at the end of it, it's been like, all right, now my grave ghoul is on five corpses. My monkey just killed eight or nine models. Life is good. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you take nothing away from this episode, take away, you need to fucking kill the grave ghouls. Those things are dumb. Yeah. And we'll get there, because we haven't even started on them yet. No. <laughs> um, let's, let's discuss okay. Holden real quick. Uh, I actually took him out of my list. What? Why? I took him out. Um, I was charging with the unit too much. <laughs> but he gives them Pathfinder. He doesn't have a bayonet. But he gives them Pathfinder. He's four points. He's grave ghoul points. He gives them Pathfinder. <laughs> and reposition occasionally. Yeah, sometimes. All right. Well, Holden gives the unit... He's a, ta- he's a weapon attachment. He gives that unit Pathfinder. Um, he can also give them depending on what you coin flip during maintenance phase, either reposition three or weaken, which is like a living thing. It's minus two deaf and well, strength. Only he gets the we- the weaken. I don't think that's correct. I think it's the whole unit. Let me double check that. Um. Oh yeah, this model's weapons. Okay, never mind. So yeah, that, that benefits garbage, but... <laughs> It's such garbage. <laughs> but the reposition one is amazing, and the Pathfinder is worth four points on its own, usually. Um, he also has Prowl, which is really good in unit that can give itself concealment. Yep, and you uh, can Bloodbound him back to life, because Bloodbond yep. doesn't specify that it has to be a Grunt. And he's got a range 14 Rat 7 sniper rifle. Which is also, it's also magical, so like I was using it to snipe out Gremlin Swarms. Yeah, because it's still a POW 10, even if you don't want to just do a point of damage. Okay, you want to know the real reason I hate Hollow Holden? Sure. Every stat on his card is different than the rest of the units. That's a reasonable complaint, I suppose. <laughs> He's plus one speed, plus two rat, plus one defense, plus, or I think he's actually the same command, plus four range, minus one pow, magical. <laughs> it's like every freaking stat. Yeah. He's really cool, though. Um, he is really cool. He has annoyance. <laughs> yeah. So I like playing him quite a bit because like, I like to stick my hollow man in rubble as often as physically possible and um, just let them shoot at things and reposition if they can with him. And that uh, giving the pathfinder is a big, 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 big deal. So that's Holden. Uh, Baron Tunglick, we, we already discussed what he does. He's really good with everybody except for maybe nope nope he's just really good with everybody he is especially good with child he's really good with child for the free abuse um also because the child doesn't want to get attacked by dudes um she also wants the free upkeep yeah free upkeep uh i like tongue like a lot with old witch because free boundless charges are money and uh yeah also parlay on a huge base is fun and uh not not as fun as if you would be command seven uh no but 
Um, he's really good with Wanderer because why ever attack Wanderer now? <laughs> and uh, upkeeping Fog of War is actually really, really good for a guy that wants to spend three Fury on Starcross every turn. Yep. Yeah, he was like one short. Yep. And he's really, really good with the Heretic because he can cast Gallows and Hex Blast and uh, upkeep Wall of Fire for free or Fury for free, which is pretty good value and also the heretic is another one of those casters that if you can make him immune to dudes you can spend the first like three turns killing all of the non-dudes on the table and then just walk all around bopping things on the head with heretic yeah. um, honestly the reason the reason i took him out of my heretic list is that heretic is already so incredible against dude lists that it's kind of unnecessary <laughs> yeah i just i find um, it really amusing that um it used to be like bump just folded in half to any Tharn list, and now if it's bump heretic, you kill their two heavies, and heretic just sort of like do 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 do. Bop bop bop. Yeah, I just I went to zero bop, fury. Bop, I'm in the middle bop. of your army. I killed five ravagers this turn. Go. Oh, you it's, killed more of my guys. All right, heretic goes kills like five more ravagers. He has on he's on nothing. Go. It's actually even funnier with dreamer. <laughs> so you parlay in front of her, and she just goes freeze a leader, freeze a leader. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like, what just happened? <laughs> right, and she also likes having a free upkeep. Um, yeah. And the other thing that he does is he he can make a cloud on himself, which like every caster likes having access to that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you know the grave ghouls have prowl? I, I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so that's that's Tongue Lick. I like him a lot. All right, Grave Ghouls. Brett, wax eloquent, please. God, these things are fucking ridiculous. Like, like I'm not joking when I said that I've played casters that are worse than this model. Yeah. Also, fun story real quick. Um, Brett was like, I think one is plenty. And I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> he's like, no, I think one is plenty. And then he played it in a tournament, and he's like, I, I won this tournament, and I'm buying another one with the winnings. And I was like, yeah, see? <laughs> I was wrong. That happens. Um so, so they're they're um, speed five, defense twelve, armor sixteen. Uh, they have a range two melee weapon for reasons I cannot explain. It's a giant shovel. They're huge dudes. <laughs> That's true. They are like six feet tall. <laughs> like, and it like, has additional dice against undead and soulless things, right? For damage, I think it's just undead. Okay. Um, it, it's yeah, it's additional die to hit and damage. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> and of course he gets his own rerolls. Uh, he also has Knowledge of the Damned, which is uh, Scavris's special rule. Yep. Um, which says he can spend a corpse in order to um, reroll an attack or damage roll anywhere in his 7-inch command range. Doesn't specify friendly, yep. so you can totally do it on enemies. Yep. Um, he And he collects corpses of anything that dies within 5 inches. Anything. Now, this is... Yeah, it, it's it's the necrosurgeon rule, so it uh, it it does not care how the body gets there, just that it does. Yeah. Um. So good sacrifice targets include grunts of any unit that you plan to bring back with a Twilight Sister. Yep. Um. Summon Caskimps. Uh. Th- this was brought up to me. The monkey. The monkey. Yeah. Turn one, just kill a monkey. Um, well, turn turn every turn. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. At the end of the turn, it's like, what's he doing? Unless you're using him as a counter charge target. Like yeah, that can happen, which is, which is really good. Uh, um, yeah, that's true. You should keep one back by your caster. My uh, uh, so normally, my favorite thing that I've done with him so far is like, it used to be I'd have like two points left in my list, and I'd be like, I have to rework this entire list because I'm not bringing four caskims for nothing. And now I'm like, oh sweet, I get to bring four corpses for the yeah. grave ghouls at the beginning of the game. 
<laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone looks at my list like, oh, Madcaps and Twilight Sisters, what are you bringing them for? I'm like, they're D3 plus two uh, re-rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, actually, although, actually, I think the Twilight Sisters are a huge deal with uh, the new Nayslayers because of how uh, Fane Duff keeps them alive for so much longer mm-hmm. um, that you can actually build them up turn over turn. And yeah. so, like, you send in four, kill something, those four die, and then you start building them back up. Yep. Uh, one thing I really love doing is I'll send them in, I'll reposition them out, and then I'll shoot them in the back, <laughs> and then bring them back into a safe place so they can charge my Oh, turn. that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing is what it is. Yeah, no, what's gross about the list is how much recursion there is now. Yeah, um, and you're shooting them with Hologan, okay. right? Because Bloodbound is yeah. optional. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it actually isn't optional. Uh, it doesn't work against friendly. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Cool. That yeah. makes sense, actually. Uh, That'd be way too abusable. <laughs> yeah, right. So, ah, man. So, just the number of things that Grave Ghoul changes. Um, so, Mat 6 boosted is pretty good for the charging Nayslayers, but with a reroll, it's incredible. Yep. Um, when you're only making five attacks, if one of them rolls low, you're in huge trouble. Yep. Um, it Like, uh, I'll use it. So even thing, even things that are def thirteen become really hard to kill if you keep a grave ghoul five inches behind them. So like a, a like I'll have a Tharn Ravager go in, and it's like, all right, you need sixes. Uh, you need to hit two sixes in a row, and if you miss, your chain is done. Good luck. Right, and you can also force rerolls on damage. Right, so if they go in on like, like that Tharn Ravager comes in and it's like, I'm gonna finish off this like whatever it is that's like pretty close to dead but not necessarily dead sure i'm gonna finish off this clock of trees or i'm gonna finish off um like another light or something and he he rolls to kill and he's like "Mm, you actually need like average for this so re-roll it because you might roll low yeah um and so like if they try and send in a melee model to kill the grave ghoul it's actually really hard because like if he's gonna die anyways might as well spend all these corpses right So it's like four is a hit. Great, reroll him. <laughs> yep. Is there anything that he any ca- any model that he cannot dig in? Is it non-caster or can you dig in casters? Yeah, he, he can't dig in warlocks. Okay, um, that's good. Ninety nine percent of the time, I either dig himself in, or if he's completely out of threat ranges of everything, I'll dig in um, the madcap itself. Sure. Because it's really bad to lose that. Yeah. Really. Um. I, oh, speaking of madcaps. Um. So here's what I do in order to generate corpses. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll advance the madcap grunts, and then I spawn the cast gimps in base to base with one of them, mm-hmm. and then that one will throw a grenade point blank into the <laughs> cast gimps and get, and get the pow six blast damage on all three of them, or all, all four or whatever, and need sevens to kill. Um, and then if any survive, they'll either burn to death, in which case you just get the corpse later, um, or you can throw the other grenade from the other guy, but that one has a chance of missing. Right, and then you can recur that grunt with the Twilight yeah, yeah. Sisters. Exactly. So yeah, turn one, I'll I I get D three plus two corpses or two D three plus two corpses. Yep. Because I'll run the. Yep. Which is really really good. And then yeah. yeah so the great ghoul um, is just absolutely absolutely nuts. Like, good grief. If you're, yeah, if you're playing as them, it makes clock traces nigh unkillable. If you're, it makes your dice just so insanely reliable. Like, yeah. I mean, if you if you've played Morvana two, um, the like. They get just as many rerolls as she has. Mm-hmm. Every tur- um, they can do like ten per turn, and she can't do that because she might die. Right, um, and they're just as easy to kill as she is. Yeah, basically. <laughs> sixteen, sixteen. Um, it do pay a lot of attention to what can kill them. Um, 
getting them like slammed by a Commodore cannon is a really bad thing um, because then they die and they'll usually take something with them. Yeah, um, that's what Kravitz so, are for, Brett. Yeah, well, that's why there's Kravitz on my list now. <laughs> <laughs> stupid Fiona. Stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're playing against them, uh, it it's hard. It, it imagine that they're casting signs importance like. That is how good rerolls are. And then also Starcrossed. Oh, yeah, because it affects you. Yeah. So, because, yeah. like, I've had a couple of games where my opponent's like, all right, I have, like, this 60% assassination run, and he doesn't notice, like, and he, and he doesn't account for the countercharging monkey bite and the grave ghoul that's, like, right next to my caster. And I'm just like, it's not as good as you think it is, but sure, go for it. And, and then they go for it. And it's just like my caster transferred once and took no damage. It's, okay. it's actually hilarious how bad Lord of the Feast is against this army. Yes. So, so first off, you set up the Kravit traps. Yep. And that pisses him off. Uh, then he goes in, and he's like, all right, I gotta kill that monkey. I'm like, all right, you're, you're, you're Matt Six. He's <laughs> like, oh, that's not good. And you have to reroll all your hits. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's the grave goal. They're nuts. They're not as nuts as the next thing, though. They make it. They make the next thing so much more nuts, yep. though. The next thing is the Clockatrice. God, the Clockatrice is the dumbest model that's ever seen print. And I'm saying this as an Iona player. All right. That's a bold claim, <laughs> but all right. Uh, oh, well, okay, okay. seize print is an important part of that phrase. Elite Cadre Dodge was much, was much dumber. Okay, fair enough. Is it dumber than Lord <laughs> of the Feast? Yeah, way dumber. Okay, all right, cool. Lord of the Feast will kill an extremely efficient number of points, right? It'll kill, you know, you know, easily 8 to 12 points every game. Mm-hmm. Clockatrices... Okay, let me describe a game that I played with Clockatrices. Okay. Um, it, it was on Recon 2, the one with two squares. Uh-huh. Uh, I went first and ran. Okay. Um, he couldn't run into the zones, so I paralyzed, labyrinthed, and time-locked him. Score three on his his bottom of two and one of my turns. Okay, so for those of you that have never heard of it, please explain the paralyzed time lock and labyrinth uh, trick, please, because I don't think everybody okay. knows what that is. So, so well, yeah, let's explain what the clock trace does. So first off, it's a thirteen eighteen heavy with twenty seven boxes, Wait. which is perfectly respectable. And then you have the death knell. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes you have the death knell. Um, even if you don't, though, it's just it's you have to. So it adds to the Grimkin thing of it takes longer to process how to beat a Grimkin player than it does to play as a Grimkin player. Because the number of things you have to calculate and prepare for, especially now that there's countercharge and rerolls on the board, is insane. Yes. Because you have to set up a trap in such a way that it can't tell either can't teleport out or that you have some follow up excuse me, some follow-up damage after it teleports away. Or you just have to have, like, insanity for guns. And even then, they have Kravitz, probably. Yeah, you should. Um, alternatively, you could get really lucky. I wouldn't rely on that. Alternatively, you could have Precision Strike, which actually is an, is an extremely effective way of dealing with them. Yep. Um, but if you don't have Precision Strike and you don't have ridiculous high-power guns, um, then, like, you will never trade a heavy efficiently into them. A Whirlpool Stalker will go in, if if it if it's lucky and hits two sevens, it will kill half of one, and then has no chance of killing the rest of it. Right, so and like, the probability of that whirlpool stalker actually getting there, because now we're going to talk about the paralysis time lock uh, labyrinth trick, is real small, like real small. So, so it 
It's Animus is um, it's cost one. Mm-hmm. Every enemy model with, that starts its activation within six inches gets minus two speed, which hilariously affects their sprint. Yes, <laughs> but so okay. So like, let's just imagine here for a second that we've successfully paralyzed Warpul Stalker, which is six inches away from us now, right? Well, but how are you going to get paralyzed out? Surely you don't have a Rat Six assaulting Spray Eight that paralyzes living models. Nah, not at all. Um, it's magical too. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, so like with the war, going with Warwolf Stalker, we've we've got to it just exactly at six. Um, we we've sprayed it; it's paralyzed, so it can only advance. It can't charge. We've time locked, so now it's speed four. So that means that it threats six inches exactly. If it's not the okay. first model to activate, you then should. It's like congratulations. Your premier, extremely high threat range, 19-point model is barely in threat of this 13-point model. Brett, no Brett, Brett, we've had a CID. It's 17 now. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the pain is too deep. <laughs> anyway, so... Your, your premium 17-point head. If, if, uh, if it's not the first thing to activate on your side of the table... The Grimkin player can then drop the Arcana called Labyrinth, which reduces all enemy model speed by two while within control. Which also affects sprint. Which also affects uh, sprint. It also triggers on vengeance. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, it, it's any advanced end. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think it lasts a round. Too. It does, yes. So, so like, yeah, I've triggered it on counter charge before. That seems like a really good Arcana to trigger on your turn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because then your caster can go, oh, well, if I have Labyrinth up, I'm going to catch everything. Yep. So um, now your Warpulf Soccer is speed two, threats four inches, and can't even get to the Clockatrice. Yeah. Also, it can't run yeah, I, or trample. <laughs> I love that it can't run. <laughs> well, so yeah, like I was, I was playing against minions, so they had speed five heavies. So I got all three of those things on it, and it's like, I guess I walk one inch. Yep. <laughs> Like, I'm playing Rask. I, like, it's supposed to threat 13. It's currently threatening 3. Right. So that's that's the first thing, is it like, it gives Grimkin this ridiculous way to blunt an alpha with that. The second thing it does is, because it can't be peace traded with efficiently, the other way to beat Grimkin Bricks was to out-threat them by a bunch with a whole bunch of heavies and just kill one for one. And you can't. Because there's going to be two, maybe three, maybe four Clockatrices, and each one of them is going to take three heavies to kill. I've seen six. <laughs> um, well, yeah, their list was six. I don't like those as much, but they're out there. I, I, I own three right now. I think that's. I think it's at least one, two. Few yeah, I think four is correct. Um, it, so the, the 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 it's not that they're impossible to kill. It's just that the standard melee heavy brick, like living, especially living, mm-hmm. just does not function against them. Right. You need you need you need combined arms, or you need a ton of activation. Yeah. Well, and like, let's consider what were the actual bad matchups Grimkin had prior to these things. There was Absalonia two, which I think yeah. is actually probably really bad for the Absalonia two player now, like horribly, awfully bad. Um, <laughs> they still have slipstream at least, so they're they're not going to get completely locked. Sure, out, like, but like they the- will not kill any of your clockatrices. Um, the one other bad matchup was Primal Terrors. I think Primal Terrors is not a problem for New Bump at all. Uh, yeah, because Groove's Gwyns is a huge deal. Yep. Um, I honestly the clocks are enough to. Yeah, the, they they hate being paralyzed. Yeah, paralyzed chosen laugh. Um, 
the other bad matchups were like Doomy Two, which I again I think well, would just you, be like absolutely a, a stomp now that the clocks well, are out. So it's either Tharn, which is a better version of Primal Terrors, or all of the worst versions of Abbey Two, like um, right. uh, Arcadia. Right. Right. It was it was those those two archetypes lists where they could chew through infinite uh, dread rots and also kill seven arm twenty one heavies with no problem. Yep. And those lists just can't handle cockatrices at all. No. It, it, if you're deploying any living model that costs more than ten points, it's it's like it's impossible to beat a cockatrice list. Like you know what's you know what's a really good living model that sees a lot of play? Siege and a Mantarax. Oh yeah. No, I completely changed that matchup for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's another good way to deal with cockatrices is knocking them down. Um, because one of the one of the things that's really annoying about them is your guns are ineffective at hitting them mm-hmm. um, because they'll teleport out of their melee range but still engaging um, and then still be def seventeen or higher. Um, but if they're knocked down, then it's much much easier to deal with. Yeah. Them. So auto knockdown like these dynamic sales actually a good wheel good way to deal. With yeah. Them. But you still need you still need gun support to get them you know the rest of the way to. For sure. Um. So yeah. It is, I think, impossible to overstate how much the the Clockatrice has changed the way that Grimkin has to be approached. Yes. Um, it It's also important to realize that... Well, so for one thing, uh, they're bringing back Carry On, Carry on a Rose into my list. Yeah, because they need um, the extra POW. Well, and they make so many attacks that it's worth yep. it. Because um, um, they're POW 13, 13, 14, right? Yeah, the 14s are reach chain weapon though because of reasons. Yep. Um, and the 13s are open fist because of other reasons. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, Cariano with enrage. Um, they brought the child back into play because putting abuse on those things is nuts. Well, the child does everything they want. Yes. The, the clock creatures want because they they get um, plus two speed, plus two strength. Uh-huh. Big deal. They get three charges, which is a huge yes. deal. Um, and uh god what's her what's her i think it's called wrath yeah the uh um, trump arcana that gives them an extra fury yeah so now that now they charge in make eight attacks including the spray yep. so it, yeah yeah um and, and what child really wanted was even longer threat ranges right because she was she was capped out at 12 before uh yeah that sounds right so i mean even just one more inch is a big deal yep yeah, thir- 13, 13 is really the magic number for threat ranges yeah well and the, the other thing is like they just don't die, right? And that's the other thing that she just needed that staying power because skinemones do kind of fold if they're out as far or, as she can send them. Yeah, especially if um, you're doing a bunch of damage from abuse. Yes, and and then the other uh, thing is, I want to I want to tell an anecdote about the grave gold because right. <laughs> I remembered it because of abuse. Um, so my opponent, I was playing a Grimkin mirror. I was playing bump into child. Okay, um, and he. He uh, he abused his cage rager in order to get a spell off, and I ruined it because I forgot that he could do that. Um, and so on my turn, I moved Fury to my Hollow Men. Three of them and a Clock Tree Spray got to charge a cage rager that was obviously out of Death Nail because it ran all the way. Yep. Um, and killed it from three damage points for abuse and those four four attacks. I mean, I'm like. That seems unreasonable. Then I put it into um, I put it into Oz Machine. What's it called? Oz Machine, and it was sixty percent with the rerolls, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Without the rerolls, it's like two. Yeah, no, nope. like rerolls plus 
plus three dice like the math is insane yeah for sure um the other thing that the clock trace has done is it's made it a real real question of do i actually bring a death knell um if you're bringing a bunch of clock you don't necessarily need it they love death knells but the other cool thing about clock trees is they let you spread out yes to like your full control area um because they they don't want to break up they want to be spraying and doing bullshit things and teleporting <laughs> out of the way of things. yep and, and like that they don't want to be tied down to a stick majora yeah well they will accept it 1320 is not fun <laughs> yes um so yeah uh i think between the clockatrice the grave ghoul and the nayslayer ca and i actually tongue lick i think and the monkey man the only thing that i don't think is going to be super impactful over the next year is the piggyback ca and that's just because i don't know the piggybacks are a good unit so i i would give i would give two to one maybe three to one odds that we're wrong about that we're just completely flat wrong okay we we have we have put the time in i'm not sure we could just be yeah. wrong i'm wrong about so many things in Grimkin. no i mean i will take those odds and if and if we're wrong i will be happy yeah. because that is a really cool yeah, unit right. yeah also i have one sitting on my shelf so hoping i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right let's talk about bump okay first thing first rule of bump in the night no dread rots I that hurts me inside, but all right, continue. <laughs> Second rule of bump in the night: take all the new stuff. Um, so one of the unfortunate things about the Clockatrice is that it, because it requires no support and does so much bullshit, um, your battle group in Buff of the Night should just be. It should start with two Clockatrices and probably end there. Um, I like spending my last two points, but I mean, you could. I can see an argument for a Gorehound or some Crabbits. Uh, yeah, Gorehound and Crabbits are what I prefer. Um, I've also seen three three clock traces is a fine choice. Sure. Because um, you can still get the sixty. Yep. Uh, all the free stuff. Um, if so, it's really annoying, but you should you should be trying to get the Maldi men for free. Yeah, um, it actually makes list construction a little bit harder because now you have to pay for solos. Some yeah, and that, yeah, that's the that's the trick. Um, so this makes Longfellow a lot harder to take. Um, because yeah, you're gonna want to pay for a grave, at least one grave ghoul, probably tongue lick, uh, all that stuff. Yep. Um, the the reason they're annoying is because solos in Bump of the Night don't count for free stuff. No. Um, but Maldi men are units, so it's like you you want them to count, but you also want them to be a six point free choice. Yeah. Um, also, but you should note that Bump of the Night is um the is one of the very few themes that allows free mercs. Um, unless there's a core rule change. Um, and so that means the you can take a Primal Archon for free if they end up being playable. Yep, or Eilish um, if you really, really, really just want to have consistent dice. Or Hermit. Uh, or the Hermit, yeah, yeah. I, I think once the Hermit comes out, Grimkin <laughs> is going to play a lot of the Hermit. Yes, which is funny because they, they actually have another model with Master of Ruin, <laughs> so it won't stop. I mean, be that's fine. I know it's just funny. Uh, well, I guess he has diving touch, so yeah. I mean, it's a way for him to apply that without actually being in trouble. And martyrdom is like real good. Like the once per game martyrdom is real good with the grave ghouls and the malady men and the nayslayer cas well, and the clockatrices. And <laughs> so you're talking about mad vision, yeah, that the cancel. Yeah, yeah, that that one's insane because you have so many important pieces that. Um, are like you have to get this one last crazy attack in order to finish off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just say LOL no. Yep. 
So uh, I think the Hermit will be an almost auto-include for Newbump. He turns the the Holloman's guns into POW 13s all the time. If, or yeah, POW 13s all the time. If if they want to be, he makes the Nayslayers POW 9 armor piercing, basically, which is just like, gah. Oh no, it's even better than POW 9 because it applies after the fact. Um, well, the, the way I think about armor piercing in order to not go insane thinking about buffs and debuffs is think of it as a large strength buff. So instead of thinking of them as POW seven with double or you know with half armor, think of them as POW fifteen. Sure. Um, and the, and then Master of Ruin, Arcane Shield, all that stuff works normally. Okay. Um, obviously they're POW seventeen against arm twenty stuff, and POW you know yep. fourteen again. Uh, so. Um, uh, so one one thing I do want to say is, I mean the Hermit has to change, right? Yeah, he cannot release the way he was at the end of CID. There's no way. He's not. He's not just auto include and bump. He's an auto include every list that there is. Every every list that makes attacks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I which, I would be surprised if he releases that way. Yeah. Which fortunately makes tongue look better because he can just slurp him up. Yeah, because you can just consume him. Because yeah, he's he's got the the whatever it's called that makes him impossible to kill because he can just take one damage per hit. Ancient shroud. Ancient shroud. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even have to pay like a corpse or anything. Nope, he just it. gets it. So I think he will be released differently than he was at the end of CID, or at least I really hope so because, yeah, Because I don't want to. I don't want to pay sixty dollars for. Him. I don't want to play against him. Oh, I know. I, don't, I mean, I don't even really want to play with him. Like he just does too many things. Uh, I mean, I've 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 played one game where they game wide increase or doubled the damage. Yeah, of every model, which is kind of what's happening here. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, new bump. I think it's a very competitive option, and I also think it's going to come out of left field because not very many people are playing it, and most people think it's bad. Yeah. Um, um, surprisingly, it's. I found it to be good in the Grimkin mirror. Yes, which is kind of. Uh, I've actually always felt that bump was really good in the Grimkin mirror, as long as your opponent didn't bring like three plus rattlers. Um. So the the reason it actually works is that um, as long as you keep your layers way off to the flanks and are very careful with the deployment of the rest of your stuff, you can actually make it so clock trees can't efficiently kill more than one of them. Yeah. And they will obviously kill. So in putting grievous wounds and doing eighteen damage to the clock trees is more than enough. Yeah, because so. if you cripple an aspect, you apply grievous wounds, and it's not self healing. Um, and right. if it's like if you kill the mind, like whatever that that clock trees is pretty useless. Um. Well, it's spirit too. Or spirit, also, yeah. Then I mean, they have to be child in order to get the assault charge ever. Yep. Uh, the other thing so, that Bump has going for it is that you've just got enough random things that you can actually just encircle a Clockatrice pretty effectively a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So um, I've also found that they don't have any random attacks. So even like clearing a Caskimp off a flag is really annoying for them. Yes. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Caskimps are actually also, super good against Clockatrices randomly. Because they're not they're not attacks, so they don't trigger. Correct. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Be, and, and non attacks are the way to deal with Grimkin, right? So having a POW fourteen plus non attack is a big yeah. Deal. POW sixteen with the heretic, if you want POW sixteen with. I mean, if the hermit comes out like he is, like cheese. So, um, I think so. I think the best caster is probably Old Witch for bump. It's either her or her, or like, heretic, right? Yeah, I just acquired her. So the reason I've been preparing, preferring Heretic is that I still think of Dreamer 
menagerie as my main mm-hmm. list. And so if I if I think in my head of the things that it can't handle, um, I come up with a list of um, three three factions that either have um, that that'll have like incredibly good infantry lists, mm-hmm. um, mainly Kaorkrix men off. Okay. Um, and also ones that require grievous wounds. Um, and those are things that the heretic does a lot better. Right, because he has rebuke, he has wall of fire. Like wall of fire by itself can just instantly win you games against some lists. Yeah, like if they don't have good pathfinder outs, I mean, you just stick it in between like two rough terrain pieces, and it's game. It's over. it's not actually a wall, Brett. No, but oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right, all right. I see what you're saying. I was like, <laughs> it's like it's like you can either charge four inches or die. Take your pick. Yes. Um, I've also cast it. I love casting it. It's like jack heavy lists. It's just putting it like right in front of like their arc nodes or their low armor heavies. Mm-hmm. They're like, I, I guess I take a pow twelve and be on fire for the next turn. Fine. Yep. <laughs> it's really funny because he doesn't really have anything else to do with his folk. No, not really. Um, um, although he gets super fun with the gorehound. Yes. Way too much fun. Yeah. The other thing is that like he he really um. He benefits a lot more from Tungwick than anybody else because I think he's the one that wants to get in there more than anybody else does. Um, e- even more than the child, I think the heretic is like, all right, I'm going to stick Fury on myself and then I'm going to charge that thing and I'm going to blow it up and then I'm going to sprint out. And now I'm not targetable by spells, can't be knocked down, I can't be made stationary, and you can't attack me with dudes. Yep. So Yeah, and that's that's one of the big reasons I like the heretic as a choice is that he's not directly targetable with spells. You can't lower his armor and do any insane spell assassination shenanigans. Yeah. Um, the the other thing, uh, so the big thing I like obviously about him over Old Witch is that he gets access to Arcana, um, and he of course has the best Arcana in the faction. Um, Indeed. For one thing, his his trump is actually useful. Yes. For another thing, he has um, you know the highest command and second highest control in the faction. Yeah, so he's really, really good at triggering Arcana. Um, um, still, Shadow is impossible to trigger, and it makes me mad. Why is Shadow <laughs> impossible to trigger? <laughs> because the stupid base layers only have half-inch reach. Oh, that's fair. The only time I ever really took Shadow when I was playing Heretic was if I um, was, knew that my opponent was going to like load up Imperatus and send him into me at some point. Like that kind of a, a style of list, and what I like to do in, the, in oh, yeah. those cases is I like to load up my heavies full of fury, and then be like, "Oh, oops!" And then they charge in, and I'm like, "Shadow, I have a transfer target," and then that's the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also cute if you can use it to block movement. It's like, I guess I spent four attacks killing it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's either Heretic or Old Witch. It's probably really close and meta-dependent. Um, what are some things that are always going to be in a bump in the night list? Grave, Grave Ghouls. Um, which also means you're going to be bringing Madcaps now. Yep. I think Madcaps, I think Madcaps were worth taking even before yep. Grave Ghouls. Uh, and then you're also going to be taking two Malady Men units because, Yes. You could get away with one, but they're actually annoyingly easy to kill. Yes, and their their potential offensive output, especially with the heretic, is really high. So they're not like traditional support units where it's like support is theft because they don't do anything. That unit will just actually kill a unit by itself. And the defensive ramifications are pretty important. Right, too. yeah. So I really like those. Scoring. Um, so honestly, okay, this... This, this this is kind of gross, but I start most bump lists 
double Clockatrice, double Nayslayers with UAs, double Malady Man, double Grave Ghoul, Twilight Sisters. Okay. And that, that leaves you like 20 points. Okay. So it, do you want Piggybacks or do you want Hollow Men and uh, another War Beast? I, I'm going to go with Hollow Men myself like 80% of the time there, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that I think Piggybacks are the best choice, but I do think they are worth it. I agree. Um, I just really like having, especially with the Heretic's Trump, I like having access to those guns. See, and that, I think that's the problem, is that the Hollow Men are um, vastly overrated in my mind. Or not vastly overrated. The Hollow Men seem better because I play them with the Heretic, where he and they're incredibly good with the Heretic. Yes. Uh, the best um, feeling in the entire world is when your opponent like repositions or like moves a really big target into their like charge range because they're like, oh, they're just guns. <laughs> and then or like aha i'll engage them or right until we're back charge. right and then it's even better if they've triggered reckoning at some moment because then you're just like yeah. i fury this unit reckoning's up i pass it over i charge their pal 15s what oh they're 16s they're 16s right yeah they're 16 <laughs> matt matt seven pal 16s with rerolls yeah have fun yeah yep yeah and um one of the things that makes Mump really strong uh, with Hollow Men is their ability to pick out and remove key solos. Or key yeah, solos. because they have Eyeless Sight. Uh, exactly. And they, and they now threaten 19 inches with Desperate Pace, which is like actually kind of one of those important numbers to hit for a... Yeah. Like 17 inches is not good enough, but 19 inches definitely is usually. Yes. And I've also found that the amount of recursion that they bring um, is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, because it stacks on top of the Twilight Sisters or the Old Witch if, you, if you're playing, playing mm-hmm. and it gets you to this like. So okay, here's the problem with Grimkin. You're going to be playing for turn seven every game. Yeah, it's one of those factions. Yeah, um, and so Bump of the Night. It like <laughs> the the first game I played, so my opponent had no idea how to do with clock traces or like any of the tricks, and I ended up with more models than I started <laughs> with. Because <laughs> you're bringing in like bajillions of cast games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it was actually it was actually Dreamer too. Oh. So I had uh, I had the Phantasm. Wait, you played Dreamer and Bump? I, it was a weird okay. Game. Fair enough. <laughs> Her clocks are still really good, even if you only have three of That's them. That's true. Uh-huh. You get to use all fall down. Yeah, Mirage is really really good on Nayslayers. Yup. Yeah. Okay. Um, what does Bump and the Night not want to fight? Uh, gun mages. Okay, those don't really exist at the moment. Yeah, um, so it re- so the I think you told me this. the The reason Hollow Men are really good is that they can get into a straight up gunfight, mm, yeah. um, with another another standard gun unit and come out way ahead. Yeah. Um, because not because of anything interesting that they do. Their stats are all bad. Their stats are all going to be worse. Their range is all going to be worse. They're, they have no defensive rules except for the concealment. Like half of them are going to die. Then you're going to kill half of them back and get your half back. It's like, so it's like, all right, Idrins go up. Ha, I kill six of your hollow men. You're like, great, fantastic. Gorehound runs, undigs you. Um, kill five or six Idrians. All right, now I'm back up to full strength and you're still at half strength. Yep. And then they're like, aha, I kill five or six more hollow men. And then I'm like, all right, my hollow men kill all but two of your Idrians and I'm back up to nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, at yeah. LVO, like, like two years ago, I got to play the. Haley three versus old witch two matchup. And I had double hollow in that list. And I set up a unit of hollow opposite trencher long gunners. 
and I still won that fight. <laughs> Which is the most ridiculous thing. Yep. So. Um, so, but I do think, um, I do think you never ever want to play them into like a like a spray gun line. Oh, man, I don't know. So a lot of these things are, are able to be played around, but if they can pick out the core pieces of your list, if they can trivially kill a grave ghoul, you're in big trouble. Yeah, and so the, the core pieces of your list are your grave ghoul, your corp, your malady man, um, and then the if you're playing Hallam in the Hallman UA, and then the Nayslayer UAs, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think the grave ghoul is the most important. Then the war horse. Then the Mally man. Then the hollow man. Yeah, and so lists um, like that tend to be like signary type lists, and crucible guard are probably really bad. I could see like a dedicated like exemplar gun line being a problem. That would be a weird. Well, like if you're playing Hario Clamor, right, and you decide, all right, I'm going to play one judicator, Errants, Idrians dudes okay that's a terrifying list <laughs> please don't play that <laughs> i mean i think that's a pretty good sounding list i'm sure no no i that, that's why i said oh yeah sure it. um but the nice thing about all of those things and this is the other thing about grimkin that makes them really strong right now is that bump has always, or dark menagerie has always just like obliterated gun lines yes um i i actually uh, i played into sloan twice and came out ahead yeah um because the math is in Sloan's favor, but the bullshit is in favor. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, especially because, like, you're going to be playing either Child or Dreamer, right? Uh, you have access to a stealth mechanic if you need it that you can trivially trigger with, like, a variety of things. You have access to Sacrifice, and most gun lines don't have Grievous Wounds, right? Yeah. And so you can, like, I like to sort of ha- half pre-kill a Krabbit and then yep. chain a bunch of shots back to that Kravit. Um, yes. It's important to remember to actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. And, and it's really interesting, too, because like you can almost instantly tell if somebody's played against Grimkin before because they'll be surprised when you start just taking the shots on your heavy. And they're like, you're not going to shield guard that? I'm like, no, nah, I'll let you take the first like six. And, and, then I'll, and then I'll do that, and then you won't have enough to left to kill all my stuff. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I actually okay. So, big question moment. Do you think that you could play bump as your main list? There's a resounding silence. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I'm trying to think of things that it's bad into. Um, it uh, it doesn't like rebuke. Nope. So, like harbinger is probably actually a terrible matchup for bump. God damn it. But I need the Grievous Wounds. Even with Grievous Wounds. I think Awe plus her feet is too strong. Yeah, Awe is a problem. Although Paralysis does really help. This is true. I still think plus the feet is too strong. Yeah, the feet's really bad. Um, so yeah, I think Kruger 2 is probably not good for Bump or Wormwood. Um, oh yeah, Wormwood has the spot removal. Yeah. And it's all RFP, which is a nightmare. Yep. Uh, RFPing the monkey is really annoying. Yep. So I think I think like specifically Wormwood Tharn. If it's like Balder Tharn or Iona Tharn, you're probably fine. But if it's Wormwood Tharn, you're probably not. Um, um, Balder is actually problematic um, because all your stuff has Pathfinder, except for the Clockatrices. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but two Clockatrices aren't going to win you a game. Six might, but yeah. 
but I think that's like an issue that the well, I guess there are uh, gremlin swarms. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how that one plays out. I'd, I'd have to see it played. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there's probably few enough things out there that are really scary for the bump list at this point. And specifically, we're talking about heretic bump still. Um, that you could probably m- main list that, and it would surprise the heck out of people. And and you'll note that a lot of the things that uh, heretic bump is afraid of, old witch bump is not. Yeah. Do you think that exalted is a problem for bump? I need to play okay. it. Okay. So in my mind, it's not. Um, so it, it's kind of actually it's kind of similar to the Merc versus Scorn matchup, which is um, you're praying that they play like really modern Scorn lists because if they play like some throwbacks or Sheth list, you're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> but but if they're playing like Exalted Makeda three, you're like high fives all around. Let's do this. Fair. I mean, I think that in the states right now there is a a hard trend towards Rasheth. Um. I, yeah, I hate when people remember that casters are good. <laughs> I mean, he's in my lock and load pairing, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, you heard it here first. Maybe. <laughs> he's in one of my lock and load pairings, that's for sure. <laughs> what, not in your Iron Gauntlet one? Weird. Man, if I could. <laughs> well, I mean, surely they wouldn't put the War Machine Weekend winning uh, pair and themes into, into Champion. Shh. Okay, so I, I got distracted. I just, I just saw a pick of Amadeus. He's twice as tall as the Tormentor. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> yes, he's massive. I'm so excited. <laughs> what, the, what the actual hell? See, it's funny because they're Infernals. They're from... Dun, dun, dun. No, they're not. They're from the Void. Yeah, I, t- I had to sit down and have, and have someone explain to me how the Void and Urcane were different. I don't actually know the difference. I just know they're different. And we can talk about that when we do our Infernal cast after Lock and Load. Um, the, the, the reason it mattered to me is um, because I'm like, why don't Grimkin have the Void the void Archon? Ah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Man, I would play the heck out of the Void Archon in Grimkin. Holy crap. Oh, I know. So would I. I would even pay for it. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's finish this out with like, what are the lists you're most likely to see in Grimkin right now, do you think? And um, like some tips for playing them and playing against them. Um, okay, so I think the big the big four are going to be um, uh, Dreamer Menagerie, yep. Child Menagerie, yep. never thought I would say that sentence, <laughs> uh, Heretic Bump, mm-hmm. and then Old Witch in either variety. But actually. probably Bump. No, Dreamer, uh, Old Witch Menagerie is just as or more popular. That's fair. I just really, 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 really like Grave Ghouls with her because, man, missing Scourges and things sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, and you get you get double rerolls because uh, of her right. yeah, yeah. Um, arcane machinery. Um, I think, I also think King Six Clocks is complete fucking bullshit. I have no idea how to judge it. Uh, I have a friend who's been playing it and wrecking everybody that he plays with it, so apparently it's good. Yeah, it's yeah because ghostly flight on that many models that are that annoying is just a thing. Yep. Like even if you don't go for the assassination, it's still just a really fucking annoying yep. list. And it and it has an unstoppable assassination whenever it feels right. like it. Yeah, can your caster survive six POW fourteens? 
Uh, yeah, and once one hit, it's six sustained attack power 14s if you're living. Yeah. <laughs> or 16s if the king decides to get way up there. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I would go for it unless I could get one into actual melee. That's fair. Um, in which case, yeah, then then scything touch is definitely happening. Um, paralysis is definitely happening, and it's it's not even a dice game at that point. You're just yeah. dead. Um, okay, so how to play into them? So the dreamer list um, it has a very bricky core. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of it as a high armor list, but now it has annoying contesting and control. Yeah, because you're going to be seeing a version probably that has one or two skin and moans, and then the opposite of that for cage ragers is going to be one or two cage ragers. Mm-hmm. And then three clocks. It's either three clocks and death knell or four clocks. Right. And then you're also going to have some number of gorehounds, a bunch of gremlin swarms, and then like kravitz and usual grimkin junk. Yeah. That's actually the really nice part about the clock trees having a different point value is that you don't have to run the triple gorehound in order to get 90 uh, points in your power mm, group. Yep. Which is important. Um, although I've actually dropped a free thing for Kariana and Tunglick. I think that's probably um, a reasonable course. Like, Tunglick actually changes a ton of matchups for her. Yes. Uh, most especially for yeah. Um And so the thing with that list is, um, you, again, you can't, re- you can't rely on melee living heavies, uh, which is the, the option of choice for playing into um, uh, high armor bricks. Um, you're going to want to... So, uh, guns are going to be very stunted because of artifice deviation, yep. and then melee is difficult against clock traces, so you're going to need you're going to need to be like that combined arms, knockdown heavy, or grieved, grievous wounds uh, based yep. list. Um, and the less living models, the better. <laughs> because, well, although gremlin swarms do love ripping apart uh, warjacks. Yeah, that's fun. true. Yeah, it's, it's really actually... <laughs> that's really gross, because clock traces are so good against... Um, war beasts and dudes, and then gremlin swarms are just like, if you're anything other than that, come play, please. I will take D3 plus 3 wounds off. Yeah, of every turn. Um, I, I was playing them into Sloan, and they just ripped a hunter's gun off. It was yep. amazing. The, the first game I ever played with Grimkin, uh, when I like assembled them for that lock and load, I was like absolutely diced out of that game, and then two gremlin swarms killed uh, Behemoth's Cortex in one shot. <laughs> and that was the so game. Just two threes. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't repair it. That's amazing. Yep. Um, the the other thing about her is um, she has rat eight sprays because of the mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has RFP uh, that works on any type mm-hmm. of model um, as long as you're willing to kill the mouse over and over again, <laughs> which I am. Yep, sure are. <laughs> Fun fact: when you're playing um, in Bump of the Night, the mouse gives the grave ghoul corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, she also enfeebles a target. So um, I believe upkeep removal will be mandatory in the Grimkin. Yeah, probably. Going. Um, because against against Dreamer, you need it for enfeeble. Against Heretic, you need it for rebuke. And against um, Child, you need it for wailing, which we didn't talk about at all. But it's. Oh, yeah, wailing on a Clockatrice is ridiculous. <laughs> it, is, it is not funny. It's not funny at all. Um, so next up is um, is child menagerie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is this is the complete opposite of dream menagerie in that at no point is it a brick list. Um, it's a high threat range uh, war beast list. Um, I I think it's like fifty fifty to even run a death knell. 
Um, I've seen. Some I probably wouldn't with like, a child at this point, to be honest. I believe that's the better build, and my, my friend who was playing it didn't. Um, but again, all all opinions about Grimkin are contentious, yep. so <laughs> feel free to argue. Um, and so what it's going to do is it's going to have one uh, one cage raider just for Wraithbane and um, this force hammer bullshit. Um, <laughs> it's going to have tongue lick for extra abuses, and it's just going to it's going to be playing a very threat range heavy game where clock troops are going to be able to do a ton of damage. Right, and and this um, list in specifically is going to be abusing the animus plus labyrinth thing probably more than any other list. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the child can actually play pretty far forward and still have a 14-inch control range. Yep. Um, that being said, the child is among the easiest things in that list to kill, or at least the least annoying. Yeah, she's not easy to kill, but she's she is no. killable. Yeah, she's only a 14-19. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, it, and also, the Gorehounds are just incredible. They're also really good whaling targets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it... Yeah, so living infantry is just kind of useless in that list, um, which is kind of the theme of Grimkin. It's never bring living models into Grimkin. Yeah, which is real interesting because that used to be the way to beat them. Because battle <laughs> yeah. engines and warjacks are just like ah, gremlin swarms, run away. <laughs> yeah, so night night, and I I still think combined arms is important because that's how you're going to be able to kill clock trees. Knockdown is still important. Group swoops is still important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. Uh, upkeep removal is slightly less important, but still important. Yes. Um, into heretic bump, uh, you're going to need a very mixed arms, um, and you're going to uh, if any sprays or like, um, so you need to be able to deal with feign death models. Is yeah. the core is the core of the problem. So you have to have sprays um, or, of some sort or AOEs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you're and ninety most of the time. If, so if they're playing well, you're going to need to supply your own target. Yes. So if, like like spraying quarter models is a good way to do that. Yep. Um, yeah. Don't rely on spell assassinations, um, but having um, like dark rituals like Rasheth and Fiona's thing, where you can just pop an arc node out of anything in your army. Um, is incredibly important because that's a very good way to pick off the annoying solos that are going to yeah. kill you. Also, he is susceptible to the um, Zirkova 2 assassination run if you bring your own uh, target. Yeah, well, he's usually camped out in the center, so that's not usually yeah. a problem um, because you need to be so careful with feign death in the, on the wings. You kind of pack into the center. Um, he is fortunately immune to the, uh, the stationary and the minus two armor part of it. So that's my only hope. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Old Witch, either way. Yeah. Uh, don't bring guns. Oh yeah, no. God. Don't bring guns. Good grief. <laughs> Wait, so in that, I think that's really what makes the Menagerie Old Witch so strong, is that I just said the way to beat Clockatrices is to play on a combined arms list. And then it's like, all right. And if you're playing an Old Witch, your guns are worse than useless. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I hadn't thought about that for the Menagerie build. I, I just really, really yeah. like recurring a bunch of Nayslayers every turn with her. Yeah, recurring Nayslayers. Oh, yeah, RFP against Heretic uh, is all, is a fine way to do it. And, and just um, bump in general. Like, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, takedown, I found, wasn't enough. Although, oh, another thing against Heretic Bump, don't forget that he can steal your spells. <laughs> um, I've I've cast I've cast even ground. Oh my times. gosh! 
<laughs> so good luck killing Def 15 immune to knockdown clock trees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awful. Um, I did one time steal Terminal Velocity, uh, which unfortunately doesn't do anything. Because no. <laughs> it says Warjacks in your battle group? Like, come on, it couldn't say Constructs in your battle group? <laughs> Apparently not. It's <sighs> too much. Um, I, I actually haven't... So I, I just got my first Old Witch two days ago. So if you have any thoughts on Old Witch, you need to share. Um, I don't really, because mostly what I played back in the day was like triple Dreadrots, double Nayslayers, and I don't think that list is viable anymore. Yeah, it is kind of... Uh, I mean, you're kind of playing a better version of it, but it only has, it only has the Nayslayers for melee stuff. Yeah, so it's it's a lot different, and the Clockatrice wasn't out, so like that completely changes the way that that game goes. Also, she can put Revive on the Clockatrice. <laughs> so bring your upkeep removal, bring your Grievous wounds. Are you catching a theme? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's why I love that the Nayslayer CA has Grievous wounds because I think that's such a big deal. In the I agree, and it's huge in the mirror as well. Yep. So, um. It is worth noting, we haven't talked at all about King of Nothing or The Wanderer. Wanderer is just a completely different game that we could probably devote an entire podcast to. Um, uh, I'm, I'm so sad, because he's the reason I wanted to play Grimkin, and now he's not even in my pairing. Well, he will be next time, because he's going to be in champs next rotation. That's a yeah. thing. Um, yeah, and the reason we haven't talked about King is because we haven't played as or against him, and I hear it's ridiculous. I've played a lot of King, but it's all been pre-clocks, so I effectively haven't played any King. (laughs) Yeah, it's a completely different list. Good luck! Uh, I bet it's really good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. (laughs) Alright. Well, I think that's, uh, that'll do it. That was a nice nice little addendum to the the first Grimkin cast we have out. So unless you've got anything else to add, we'll go into the end stuff. Um, I think Grimkin's actually so with the release of four models, they went from I don't know that they're playable to you know what I feel like playing Grimkin. <laughs> yes. Um. Um. And it, it's a bad sign when Brett and Brent bring Grimkin to a tournament. Well, and I'm picking up Grimkin at lock and loads, so you know. Again, how many times? Uh, you know, as many as it takes. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's me and yeah. circle. So, all right. Well, with that. We'd like to thank everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, I'm sorry we haven't been posting as much lately, but Chandler's been traveling and I have a brand new baby, which makes um, make recording a podcast like real hard. Real, real hard. Uh, so thanks for supporting <laughs> us. If you want to check that out, you can find us on patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. At the end of the month, we will be raffling off another um, set of models to our Patreon backers. Uh, a small base blister to our one dollar supporters, a large base blister, a large base warjack or warbeast to our three dollar supporters, and somebody, probably me, will end up painting you a small base model if you are in the eight dollar subscriber tier. And I really need to get on the last time that happened. Yeah, um, I yeah, it's my friend too, you jerk. <laughs> I'm working on my painting. Maybe I'll be able to take one. Dude, that would be sweet. I'd be so down. Also, <laughs> I had a chat with him, and he was like, "Dude, you just had a baby. It's fine." <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, he's so. Nice. And, yeah, and he also was like, "I'm not even playing Protector right now, so I don't really need Serenia anytime soon." So, yep. Okay. Thanks to Broken Egg Games for supporting us and being our sponsors these many, many years now. Uh, you can find 
their website at brokenegames.com and use the code LOS5CODE, which will get you 5% off of their anything that you buy from their store, except for maybe the Tabletop World stuff, but I might even work on that. Um, thanks to Tyson at figurepainters.com for sponsoring us. Again, if you want to play Infernals, wait to base your stuff until you see what he's got coming, because I bet it's going to be amazing, and I'm actually surprised I haven't seen a render yet, but I will bug him about that. You can find our website, which is LOSWarmachine.com. We've got multiple podcasts running through there right now and you know it's pretty sweet we and they're being more consistent well yes but <laughs> none of them had a baby recently so I'm not, yeah i'm not blaming you it's just that if you want consistent war machine content, yeah disciples of agony they're going places <laughs> um actually their next episode has doug hamilton on it and he's talking about the zal 2 alt sculpt that he did and i'm excited to hear it oh the yeah one? the, the awesome. egyptian one with the eye of raw and everything yeah. Okay. So speaking of alternate sculpts, um, I heard a rumor that there is going to be a statue of Astral Liberty. Yes, there is. It's not even a rumor. It's just confirmed. It, it just is. Oh, it's not, it's yeah. confirmed. Just I, I just want to point out that if points that it fits on a fifty millimeter round base. So what you're saying is I have another judgment effigy. I was going to say objective, but I mean know, that too. It could be the same thing in the same model. Yeah, that's true. It's the yep. same Sweet. Um, you can find our, our Twitters at LOS underscore Chandler, LOS underscore Jaden, and at JokeObsess underscore LL. You can email us at LOSWarmHordes at gmail.com and our Facebook page is Line of Sight, um, which apparently had the most traffic of a single day ever after I posted those pictures like yesterday. I was pretty surprised. I got the email. Facebook was like, congratulations, you've hit a new tier. And I was like, what? Um Yep, that's our Facebook page. It's just a podcast page, and I post painting stuff. Chandler posts painting stuff. Brett doesn't even have access to it, so if you want to see what he's doing, you'll have to ask him, which you can do, because you can also message any of us on Facebook. Um, I can I can post my painting stuff. I painted some stuff. It looks that's cool. true. I'm going to give you admin access to that page right now. Woo! <laughs> Shit, that means they're getting all the tests. Yes, you will. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, oh, man. Jason just showed us his uh, one of his, one of the pieces for a Grimkin display Did he? board. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's amazing! <laughs> we'll probably share that on the Facebook page too. So if you want to go look at that, come back to <laughs> June eighth and uh, look at our post from then. All right. Well, that's episode eighty-four. Yes, yes. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>